You're listening to the Film Marketing Academy podcast, the audio series dedicated to helping filmmakers create better film marketing campaigns faster. Join your host, Pascal Fintoni, for what promises to be an exciting and intriguing voyage of discovery filled with advice, stories, and film marketing ideas. Thank you for tuning in. And now, on with today's episode of the Film Marketing Academy podcast. Right, Roger. Today is a very special film indeed. Celebrating 35 years, 35th anniversary, it's just been celebrated by Warner Brothers. We are talking about The Goonies. Goonies, my goodness. I mean, Pascal, how did it get to be 35 years? But as always, when we have these little trips down memory lane, it does bring back so many fabulous memories of our younger days of consuming these films. Now, I remember, I think I might have been a little bit reticent originally from going to see The Goonies. Um, It came out in 1985, as you say, and there was lots of great films coming out around that time, Back to the Future, which we've already talked about on the podcast. Indiana Jones was around that time. Star Wars 3 was about uh, um, Return of the Jedi was a little bit before that. And I just thought, oh, do you know what? This this looks like a silly film with kids in it, and I didn't really think it was go- I was going to enjoy it. Um, but I went to see it, and it was just such great fun. And in in some ways, it was almost like uh, children pretending to be Indiana Jones. Now that sounds a bit naff, but they just pulled it off so well, and it was one of those great great films where the the, the cast were just even though they were young they they felt you felt as if they'd been acting and working and living and playing and adventuring together for years and years it was just a magical combination and and i think it what did sell it to me in that in that time was that sort of i'm watching indiana jones or young indiana young indiana jones or even i guess a sort of tomb raider type thing although that's sort of out of sync in terms of time but looking back I might never have gone to see this film, and oh, yeah, I mean, it was, for me, it was just such good fun. I, I just couldn't wait. So my parents actually bought me the the book. You know, every film back then was getting a little novelization. So I read the book, and it was a few weeks before we managed to go to the cinema because for us it was quite far. It was always quite a long drive in the car to go and see uh, this film. But there was you know trailers, there was people talking about it in the streets and so on. And for me, it was like you know, so it's like pirates, a treasure, a treasure map traps uh caves tunnels and yes. baddies you know the fratelli brothers um i mean it was just so, so magical and i think for me also it was the first time where there was actors about my age because mm. in, in 1985 i would have been 16 roughly and i think it was roughly the the average age of the actors or the characters suddenly so for i mean i i think would be i don't think people have not seen the good news but if you haven't Please rush. Uh, so the reason why we chose it as well, Roger, today is because 35, 35th anniversary, 
Warner Brothers are releasing a 4K box set, which looks like a little treasure chest where you can you have access to your 4K, your Blu-rays, your cards, your treasure map. There's all kind of anniversary thing going on there. But for me, it was this idea of it was with kids, but actually, they was quite edgy. I mean, this movie actually got quite a few scenes cut when it was shown on television back in the days. So firstly, they had to cut the swearing. So. Mm. Inf uh, the infamous kind of claim by ITV in the UK was, well, it can't be for families because they say the S-H-I-T word 20 times in a film. That's unacceptable. <laughs> then you had, obviously, some of the, the tension, the uh, kind of Fratelli brothers were quite menacing. Then you had, obviously, some very strange moment with uh, Sloth, uh, which had to be cut as well. So uh, for those people that watch it on TV, it was so kind of cut back that when they discovered it again on DVD and, and Blu-ray, they went like, this is a different film. I don't remember half of those scenes. Mm, mm. And it's also one of those films, Pascal, which uh, when you're a film buff and a film geek like we are, I, I just love seeing actors in films and trying to make that connection. Well, where What have I seen them in before? Where do they go on to? And this is almost like, again, a treasure chest of actors that have gone on to do bigger films later on. Now, Corey Feldman, who plays Clark Devereaux in, in, in The Goonies, he went on to be in The Lost Boys. He was one of the Frog Brothers in The yeah. Lost Boys, which is a, another fabulous film that we probably have to talk about at some point on the show. <laughs> Robert Davey, who was one of the aforementioned Fratelli brothers, you know, the, the, the baddies, he went on, to, he was in Die Hard. He was also the baddie in the second Timothy Dalton Bond film. He's um, such a such a great looking baddie him and and this is one that you probably don't know um is Anne Ramsey who was Mama Fratelli who I've always thought was quite a scary looking she woman was, yeah. uh, she was actually in Every Which Way You Can which was one of the uh, Clint Eastwood films with the orangutan and and I'm pretty sure and, and I can't remember now she was also in a film where there's two two people on a train and that the one of them is an author and he's trying to work out how to start a book and and they're trying to work out whether they should murder this woman and in the end she just gives him the line to start the book after he's been trying to start the book for years and years or, or, or months and months and that's he says right we're gonna kill her we're gonna kill her right now so i, I just love th this is one of those films where every single actor in it has gone on to something or has been in something and that for me is just as enjoyable as watching the film itself yeah you're right i mean obviously what we had here were three incredible storytellers coming together Steven Spielberg who came up with the story and helped mm. produce it you had Chris Columbus who then you know brought the screenplay based mm. on Steven Spielberg's story and then Richard Donner who had the enviable uh, job of directing and when you watched uh, the making of documentaries and all interviews basically Richard Donner complains about uh, how unruly and excited you know all <laughs> the actors were but you can't blame them can you I mean literally some of the set designs are incredible mm -hmm. and if you are a young actor for, for people like Sean Astin who went on to do so many movies including Lord of the Rings Josh Brolin, you know, goodness, who then becomes Thanos, you know, uh, decades later. If yep. you just, you know, get up in the morning, jump in a car and taken to a cave with a, you know, kind of full-size pirate ship and these uh, actual treasures and real coins to play with, you're not going to stand still, are you? No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> so are you going to buy the 4K treasure chest? 
Uh, yes, so it's my, it's my birthday very soon, so it, it's happening. But uh, so in terms of uh, the film itself, of course, the marketing was done back in the 1985 with the traditional means of radio, TV, posters and so on. What is interesting, Roger, in terms of the marketing then, now the poster for the film was uh, something that was so kind of eye-catching. Remember it to this day. Um, we have a scene of the actor, you know, the character Brandon, played by George Brolin, hanging on to a stalactite, and then all the other characters hanging on to each other's legs, making yes. all this line, you know, with essentially almost like a, a giant pit below them. But this image was never used just for, for the poster of the film. And when the poster was designed, they use different characters in different orders because they didn't know how to, what to choose in the end. So whilst they settled on the Josh Brolin being probably the, the male, the alpha male and the strongest character to hang on, um, they tried different characters in different orders um, before they could settle and by error sent the wrong posters to the wrong people. So actually, depending where you lived, you would have had a different character leading the charge on, on the poster. But when it comes to the DVD covers and whatever, it was essentially the group of them hanging over a chest full of gold coins. Fantastic. They didn't send out any posters where one of the characters appeared twice, did they? <laughs> Probably <laughs> happened. And then the other thing that they did was they published probably just after a storybook where the narrator was actually uh, Joe Pontigliano, one of the Fratelli mm. brothers. Joe Pontigliano, who went on to do so many movies, including The Matrix and Bad Boys and so on. I love this actor. I love him as a chief in, in Bad Boys as well. But... Um, when I was look, so I saw the film again last Christmas. Uh, interestingly, I've got the normal DVD, and watching it again, I was thinking some of it. Now looking back, must should have been a bit scary, but maybe mm. they got the humor just right because, mm. uh, as you say, Mama Fratelli, it was like a modern witch, wasn't she? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that that I mean that actress has just got a scary face, and she she knew how to use it to pump up the scares definitely definitely so the film was released on the 7th of june in 1985 we had to wait till november december for europe to get to get obviously the release of the, of the movies so it was filmed in a real town called astoria which is um, a, a town that is one of the oldest harbour towns in, in where we're filming, which I think was probably right for this idea of a 17th century you know, pirate ship and, and treasure. And the, the town then on the 7th of June, every 10, 5 years, has a big anniversary when they have a Goon's Day. Uh, Goonies <laughs> Day, should I say. And, and then they have a big, big celebration, um, which is, which is uh, absolutely fabulous. I think it's. Uh, it, I love it when things like that happen. That that's a real community thing, isn't it? And, and and it just goes to show that a film like this can have such a lasting effect on the culture of a town or a or a village. It's it's very very special. They spoke many times about doing a sequel, and every time people say we just can't come up with a better story. I think you know this is it. And during lockdown, um, there's an actor called Josh Gad, which you would have seen in um, quite a few comedies, including um, Pixels, if you know that. Uh, is it Pixels mm -hmm. or Pixels? Come on, or Pixels. So the, Josh Gad basically organized a, um, a little YouTube series called Reunited Apart. Um, and he was having Zoom calls with actors and directors. And he successfully organized a Goonies reunion, would you believe? Fantastic. So all the actors... 
and Richard Donner and Steven Spielberg, including Cindy Lauper, who sang the song, uh, were on the Zoom call with him, and the guy was just about to implode with joy. And <laughs> so they were discussing the film. They even reenacted some of the scenes, and they asked um, Steven Spielberg there, which was essentially last April, uh, what about a sequel? And he said again, I'm sorry, guys. You nailed it. We, we can't uh, do better than that. And I wonder whether there's a lesson in that. No, yes, I think there is, Pascal. Quite often, I think, you know, I, I think TV series fall into this trap as well. You get one sequel too many or one season too many. And, and unfortunately, that can have a detrimental effect on the original. Uh, and yeah, imagine had they put out a, a rubbish sequel, it would have had a detrimental effect on this fabulous piece of entertainment so great lesson you know if you absolutely nail it the first time move on to something else absolutely now there, there were video games of course you know there was also the merchandise um, after the event there was anniversaries you know 5 10 I mean, 35 years ago can you imagine it i'm so excited about it one of the things you can do as well watching the film now um, is pick obviously some nods to other films, so which were done on purpose, but perhaps would have been easier to miss back in 1985. So there's nods to Gremlins um, in the film. There's nods to Superman, directed by Richard Donner. There's nods to popular music. So one of the characters, I think it's uh, Curry Feldman, is seen wearing a Purple Rain T-shirt. But of <laughs> course, Prince had just released the Purple Rain album a year uh, ago in 1984. Um, Data, who you know played by actually the character K.U. Kwan, who was in Temple of Doom, mm. obviously produced um, by Steven Spielberg, he has a belt full of gadgets and he has written on with a pen 007. And you've got all <laughs> this thing going on, um, you know, that you could miss. And it's also a pleasure to watch it in that way, not only picking up actors, supporting actors indeed, and what they've become, but also picking up all the 80s uh, kind of little nods. I'm going to use that little app that I talked about on last week's show that tells me where I can find the film or the TV show. That I'm going to make sure that this weekend, The Goonies is one of the ones on our list. So just to close on film marketing, so the box set has now been kind of issued and can is available to buy online. All the different di digital channels are streaming the movie for rental and for purchase. But what has been interesting is the way in which Warner Brothers chose to promote you know, th this anniversary. And they've gone solely on Facebook. So they mm -hmm. have a Facebook page for the Goonies. And they've been creating square videos with scenes of the film and then the call to action to buy the, the box set. And I thought it was fascinating that they've gone for a, you could argue, a very narrow cast form of marketing. What do you make of this? Again, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because the established wisdom would be, you know, with, a, with a, uh, such a popular film, you would think that they would have spread it out as wide as possible um, across all social media channels but possibly possibly they're thinking you know is it the age group that were young when like we were when goonies first came out are probably more likely to be on the facebook channel now as opposed to tiktok for example or snapchat and that's where they're focusing because they're not trying to find a new audience for the goonies perhaps maybe they're just trying to re-engage with those of us who have such fond memories of it from when we were younger 
No, absolutely. And, and I think the only way in which a younger audience will know about the Goonies is because their parents have told them about it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and force them to watch it. Yeah, absolutely. Five times. <laughs> Excellent. Well, listen, Roger, we could keep talking about the Goonies, the actors and directors for much longer, but uh, we must reserve some of that for future episodes. Absolutely. <laughs> so once again, thank you so much, all our viewers and listeners, for your support. This was Two Geeks and a Marketing Podcast. Until next time, make sure that when you go out there, your marketing is done right. He was Roger Edwards, and I was Pascal Fintoni. See you on the next one. Thank you for listening to the Film Marketing Academy podcast, the audio series dedicated to helping filmmakers create better film marketing campaigns faster. For more information about our film marketing consultancy and training services, go to filmmarketingacademy.com and book your free discovery video call. And if you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe and follow your host on social media for more updates. 